ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 26 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time, ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. ComC reached an incredible milestone during this year's national by processing their 100 millionth item. ComC looks forward to offering safe and easy trading card consignment for years to come and continuing to focus on fulfilling their mission to optimize everyone's enjoyment of the hobby. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards on all platforms. To learn more about the exciting changes being made at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Well, welcome to October. We are now in the fourth quarter of 2021. I just wrapped up doing my sales tax return. I ordered all of my batch of supplies for the fourth quarter. I typically do that about a quarter at a time. And that got me thinking, we've only got three months left in 2021. What are the goals that I want to push for for this last three months of the year? Where do I want to end up at the end of the year? And so I started to take a look at that. I've got some goals for listing. Um, I've got a few boxes of cards that need to be listed on sport lots. I had just uh, this last month, sent in my last big batch of cards to, to ComC, and so they are now processing cards and will be getting some cards up on the site over the next couple months so that I'll have all of that inventory ready to go. The shop is in pretty good shape, but I still have uh, uh, some cards I need to list and get put out there and looked up and um, get ready to, to go for the shop because I just bought out that that dealer at the show a couple weeks ago. So I've got some things that I need to do to set myself up to hit some of those financial goals that I've got for Wax Pack Hero um, going into the fourth quarter. What do you have? What are you wanting to do by the end of the year? Is it completing a certain set? Is it picking up one of those PC cards that you've been after? Is it to get started buying and selling or get started with a podcast? What do you want to do over these next couple months to hit your 2021 goals and start 22 off and running. This is a couple things I was thinking about over these last couple days, so I thought I would share. Today's topic continues our series of conversations with some of the smaller manufacturers. Today I bring on Daniel Atkins from Wildcard. I just published a blog that kind of covered a couple of the Wildcard initial sets, uh, showed me opening the box of illumination that I received at the industry summit. And so I will link to that in this episode as well. But I also had a chance to sit down down with Daniel the day after, no, two days after, I guess it was the summit. And we recorded this conversation and I'm going to bring it to you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of Wildcard, how he founded it 30 years ago and how he and his son are bringing it back today. So I hope you enjoy that conversation. But first, make sure you go check out Underdog Collectibles at udogcollect.com. 
They're an online shop run by Collectors for Collectors. They break new product every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night. But that's not all. They're not only online. You can go visit their store in Knoxville, Tennessee to see their full range of singles. And you can even sometimes watch their breaks live at the shop. Check them out at udogcollect.com and tell them Wax Pack Hero sent you. Daniel, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, I'm when I ran into you guys at the National, I was excited to see that Wildcard was going to be coming back. That was one of the favorite football brands back in the day when I was growing up and collecting uh, with the stripe parallels and all of that kind of stuff. It was, it was such a fun product to see. And so when I saw that you guys were coming back um, at the National, that was exciting to me. And it wasn't until I introduced myself at your booth that I realized or that you let me know that you are actually the uh, the man behind the original wild card as well. And so I think that is is fantastic. So, you know, maybe we can start by just talking a little bit about that original incarnation of the company. What, what's the story sure. behind Wildcard? Yeah, no problem. Uh, I'm excited to tell our story. It's a, it's a great story. Um, so, you know, growing up, uh, I always had an entrepreneurial spirit, um, got that from my dad and, and my older brother. I got a brother that's about 10, 11 years older than I am. And, and we were always doing something. And my, my dad, and I have another brother that's one year older, older than I am, and, and my brother, Mark. And uh, we were always doing entrepreneurial things. Uh, uh, we had a newspaper route and uh, we, we sold, uh, <laughs> my, my dad had found a deal where some lumber yard was, would leave a big pile of wood at night. And, and I was like seven, eight years old and we'd load up the pickup truck and go door to door selling a quart of wood. <laughs> and, and, and my dad would give us 50 cents. Uh, but anyway, we were, we were always entrepreneurial and, 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 and I was a card collector you know, buying, buying tops packs and stuff when I was a kid. In the mid-1980s, um, I was 15 years old. Uh, we, we really caught the bug of the, of, the, of the baseball card boom in those days and, and uh, got involved. And, and my dad was in the rental property business. Um, he had these junky properties and these bad neighborhoods. <laughs> we never made any money off of it. And uh, he had a fourplex, uh, and three of the units were rented out. And there was a downstairs unit that was a very small unit and, 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 and my brother, my brothers and I convinced him uh, to let us use one of those units to open up a baseball card shop. So uh, we, we borrowed $2,000 from my dad and, uh, and he never really had any money. It wasn't like he was, you know, he was a, c- a civil servant, worked for the Air Force, and he was also a minister and pastor to church that, that, that so we, we grew up uh, in, in that, uh, in a Christian home. And uh, so we opened up that shop. Um, we, we used that downstairs unit. So I was 15 years old and I couldn't even drive. My mom would pick my brother and I, my, my brother Mark and I up from school and drop us off at the shop. And we were open like from four to eight in the evenings and she'd have to pick us back up at night. And uh, so that's how we got started. We, we got started as, as being a local card shop. And so I always have a special place in my heart for card shop owners and especially young kids who are getting into you know, wanting to open a shop or maybe they're opening up a shop. So we got started that way. We opened up that shop in, in I think, 1986 and, 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 and we were kind of on our way. <laughs> That's a lot of responsibility for 15 and 16 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, so we, opened, we, uh, we, we would sit there, sorry about that. And when we're running the shop, 
you know, we, of course we were getting, ex getting experience and we were buying from a big supplier up in Ohio, uh, uh, legend in the industry, Ohio coin. Um, and we would buy supplies and my dad worked at Wright Patterson air force base, which was, which was near there. And he'd st stop by there on his way home and, and bring us boxes. And we had plastic sheets and binders and that sort of thing. And, 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 and that's how we got started, but we'd sit there and we would dream up about, Hey, you know, if we, if we could make our own cards, man, that would really be cool. That's, that's what we want to do. And, and we would brainstorm about what they would look like and what we would do. So that, that, that's kind of how that got started. And so you'd, you brainstorm about what you would do. And then a few years later, or how long was it then before yeah, so we, you got we that would, first license? We would drive deep into this. And, 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 my, and my brother, Doug, he, he, he came up with the name Wildcard. And, and we had another gentleman who was very influential. We called him the guru. And he, and he's, he was the one that came up with the original striped concept. And, and uh, we loved this concept and, and really, you know, wildcard is really the original parallel. And, and we filed for a trademark on the term, the original parallel, because I can't think of any company prior to wildcard that released a multi-card parallel. Uh, so basically, so we had this idea, but we just didn't have the money. Uh, to launch something like that. And our business grew and grew. We moved to a new location and, and then we started becoming a wholesaler and, and we were buying from baseball card world. I'd drive over there and big uh, Penske or Ryder trucks and pick up boxes and supplies. And we would bring them back to our place there and right outside Cincinnati in Hamilton, Ohio. And we, we began to wholesale to all the other local shops. And really by the time I was about 18, and we were doing a couple million a year in volume. Um, so the business had grown and grown, <clears throat> but here's where it changed. Uh, the Gulf War broke out, 1990, Desert Storm. And uh, so we thought, man, let's, let's get into this. Let's, let's, let's build a set. Let's create a set of Desert Storm trading cards. And so that's what we did. We, we, I got with a local graphic artist and we began to build, we had the, you know, the George Bush, you know, we had the storm and Norman card. We had the Patriot missile. We had the stealth bomber and we had all these things that we dreamed up and, and we built this card set uh, called uh, operation yellow ribbon. And we had partnered with them and gave them a royalty so we could put the yellow ribbon on there. And uh, they were all excited about it. And, and so we, we did that operation, uh, yellow ribbon desert storm trading card set. We printed a promo pack, a 10 card promo pack first and sent it out. Uh, we were, we were part of Sportsnet back in those days. It was called Sportsnet. It was, it was before the internet, but it was a, a bulletin board system. I'm sure you're familiar with today. Uh, and we sent out a promo pack to everybody on that list and took pre-orders and we sold $2 million worth of desert storm trading cards. And we made a million dollars in about 60 days. Wow. <laughs> so it, it was insane. Uh, but that's really what kind of launched us. And, and, and once we, once we had shipped out those desert storm trading cards, we had the capital and we thought, okay, it's, it's now is the time we we've got the money here. Let's launch wild card. And so we, you know, we went right into it. Um, 1991 collegiate football. Uh, we went to collegiate licensing and, and back in those days, we did get a collegiate licensing. We had a license with CLC. We were the only one at the time, even though we're, there was classic and there was courtside, uh, we were the only ones that 
uh, were paying royalties and and had got that license with collegiate licensing. And uh, we went out and signed all those draft pick players and, and put that set together and launched our our striped concept with the 5, 10, 20, 50, 100, and 1,000 stripes. And if anyone's out there and they're not familiar with what is wild card, what does that mean? And so basically what it means is this. Wild card means that 1% of the cards were wild, meaning that they had a denomination or a stripe in the bottom left-hand corner of the card. And it could be a five stripe, a 10, 20, 50, 100, or 1,000 striped card. So therein lies the original parallel. The first time there was a multi-card parallel program in the hobby. And, you know, everybody, you know, most people know that the Brett Favre rookie card is in that 1991 collegiate football. So really there was seven versions of, say, a Brett Favre rookie card. You had the original base card, and then you had the six derivatives of the striped concept, which could be a 5, 10, 20, 50, 100, or 1,000. And what that meant was, if you pulled a 1,000 stripe Brett Favre out of a pack, you could mail it into Wildcard, and we would send you a thousand Brett Favre for that one card. Or you could trade down, um, if you you know you or trade up. You could go out and systematically accumulate a thousand singles of Brett Favre, and you could mail it into Wildcard, and we would send you the thousand stripe. Or you could break a thousand stripe and say, hey, you know, send me five 100s and 500 singles. So it was like a currency and you could break it up or down any way you wanted. And that's where Wildcard was born. We went to the to the Nationals in Anaheim uh, in 1991 and launched Wildcard 30 years ago. I was 20 years old and, you know, we, we made 10,000 cases and we sold out in three or four days and, and we were off to the races. And... Then you produced cards for, was it three or four years in the original incarnation? Yeah. So the last, the last year that we produced cards was 1994. 1994. And there are a lot of passionate wildcard fans out there. Um, to this day, I'll, sometimes when I'm buying a collection, I'll get uh, a stash of some of those stripe packs and some of the redemption packs that, that you had sent out after people had, had redeemed some of those stripes. And um, people just go crazy for them and have a lot of fun with them. I did have a, a question when I when I made my tweet from the industry summit, kind of saying that we were going to be talking. I did have one um, reader or, or follower ask if I could ask you a question to see if you remember or not if all of the 92 World League football thousand stripes actually made it out into the wild. Um, they felt it was pr a pretty under collected set that was kind of underrated, but they were wondering if, if all of those have made it out in, or made it out in the wild back then, because, um, those are pretty tough to, to find it at this point. Here's my answer to that. We would have put everything out in those wax packs, except for the quantity that would need to have been in the trade center as a backup in case somebody did collect a thousand singles, sure, which would have been, which would have been very difficult, especially a lot of people don't know that in that world football league, there's a great uh, subset that has Emmett Smith in there. That's called class back attack. And uh, it's a tough, tough card to get. I've seen some of those online uh, on eBay. I think they're very underpriced. Um, but that's a very tough card to get. So, you know, what what would have been in the trade center as sort of the backup inventory um, and which would, would not have been a whole lot because we didn't produce a lot of World Football League 
um, we pretty much made it to order and shipped it out. Um, and that was it. So, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of the answer to that question. I hope that helps your listener somewhat, but yeah, it's, so it's, it's probably just a, a factor of the, the lower print run, like you said, that, that went with that product. And, and that's yeah. probably why those are, are so tough to track down. Yep. So you said 94 was the last year that you produced sets or you produced product back in the original incarnation. What was it that led to you kind of ceasing production at that point? Yeah. So imagine being 20 years old and going from having, we'd worked hard for, for four or five years to build our business. Um, and it, and when, once we launched that collegiate football and sold out, we, we approached the NFL, uh, players association first, and, uh, they were excited about our product and, and we ended up getting a license from the players association. And then we went to the properties, basically kind of leveraged our position with the players association and said, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to do this with or without you. We'd love to have you on board. So they, they gave us a license as well. And it, things had gone crazy. I mean, we, I moved into a 50,000 square foot facility. Uh, we had 190 employees uh, running that trade center. We had a tremendous amount of production issues uh, due to uh, just the security and the theft of our product. Wow. Um, you think about pulling a, let's say you had a stat smasher that was a, you know, a Joe Montana that was worth $12 as an insert. So the thousand stripe theoretically, theoretically would be worth $12,000. And this is back in 1992. So we, people were stealing product from us left and right. And uh, so we decided to try to bring everything in-house as much as possible. So we took the profits that we had made and we put it in the infrastructure. We built that trade center. We had a big payroll because of all those employees. The trade center was six, eight months behind. And we had two shifts a day working on that. Wow. And we bought cutters and collators, packaging machines. And to be honest with you, I really never made any money. I mean, that sounds insane. We sold millions of tens of millions of dollars for the football cards. But, you know, we were... We thought we were going to get baseball, hockey, and but promises were made and, and things were supposed to happen. <laughs> and so we put all our money back into the business. Um, and and, and uh, you know, the NFL and the Players Association got into, uh, their, of course, their disagreement over the collective bargaining agreement. And, uh, you know, the Players Association in those days, a tremendous amount of their revenues came from trading cards. And, and just my opinion, uh, the properties kind of felt if they contracted some licensees that it would maybe cut revenue off to the Players Association. So we got contracted and there were some other problems behind that. We got in a little trouble over our Chrome product. There were six or seven companies that ended up getting contracted uh, over time. Uh, and so, you know, once we kind of lost our football license, we, you know, we had... Uh, some financial difficulties and we ended up closing the business, you know, in 1994. So that we'd started a comic book company that was in, in that same deal, Majestic Entertainment. We had a great comic book division. We sold out of our first couple of releases. We kind of, I think we built too broad and had too many irons in the fire. You know how it goes. You're 20 years old and you're trying to, you know, you think you got the world by the tail. And, and so I learned a lot of valuable lessons at that time in my life. Yeah, it sounds like it. I appreciate you you sharing that. It's a you know definitely an interesting story. I don't think people always realize what it takes 
to run an organization like that and handle all of those complexities. And so thank you for sharing. So then 25-ish, 20, 25 years go by, and now here we are with Wildcard Round 2. Um, I met your son as well, who's a, a big part of the business with you this time around. Tell me about, you know, what prompted you to, to dust off the brand and, and bring it back here in 2021? Yeah. So, you know, after Wildcard had closed down in 1994, and again, not to kind of toot our own horn too much, but I really feel like, you know, Wildcard was revolutionary. Uh, Wildcard was ahead of its time. We'd done so many things that had never done, had been done before with the multicolor, I mean, with the multi-card parallel, with redemptions. Nobody had done redemptions before Wildcard. So we were interacting with our collector base. There was hundreds of thousands of people that had sent trades into to the trade center. This is before, you know, imagine being able to try to track that without, without you know, software to, to handle it. Yeah. Um, so when, it, when we went out of business, um, I had gone on, I'm kind of an inventor, entrepreneur. I, I have, I, I created some other products, started other companies that have been very successful. Um, I started a company called Limited Treasures. I got a patent on a coin bear product that we sold 70 or $80 million worth of coin bears uh, over a period of time. Um, but in my heart, I always felt like there was a hole in my heart that, that, you know, Wildcard was really my first love. It was really my first foray into being an entrepreneur, like in a big way. And, and you kind of felt like it had slipped through our fingers, like, or it had been taken away from us. Um, so it was kind of a sore spot and I always felt bad about it, but I always thought about Wildcard. So over that, to answer your question, over that 25 plus years, um, my brothers and I, we've always talked about, Hey, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to bring Wildcard back. Um, so for years, I thought about it. My son, who's 27, he's, he's, he's an entrepreneur in his own right, successful young man, very sharp, and has the same entrepreneurial spirit. Um, he's like, Dad, we need, to, we, need to, we need to bring this back. And so I kept a lot of my relationships. It's amazing how many people are still involved in the industry in a big way that was involved back then. And, you know, I always kept my relationships and kept my ear to the ground, but the timing wasn't right because of, of course, the industry at the time. And also because of other, you know, I had my plate, my plate was full, but about three years ago, um, you know, Ty was pushing me and my son. And um, so we really got serious about it, started doing some investing. In fact, I flew to Cleveland in 2018 and went to the national and I had been to a lot of nationals. Um, from way back, even, you know, before Wildcard, when we just had our regular sports card company, you know, I'd been to all the nationals up to that. We'd set up at several. So I have a love for the national, of course. So I flew to Cleveland in 2018. I met with some guys and, you know, we really got close to, to coming back at that time. But again, I just didn't feel like the timing was right for us. Uh, but, but, but about a year, year and a half ago, uh, we, we made a decision. That's it. We're going for it. A window in our business had opened up and, and, and so we were ready. So we got real serious about a year and a half ago and, and started doing a lot of groundwork, um, working on design, um, ideas, brainstorming, and really officially launched here in January, 2021, 30th year of when we launched in 91. 
And so uh, had a great response. We, we came out with a high-end product, that the, ho uh, the hobby matte black and matte white, uh, which was high-end um, on-card autos, you know, 18 on-card autos in a box, mostly all first-round draft picks. And it was perceived well. We sold through. Um, so anyway, that's that's I know it's kind of a long answer, but <laughs> that's the story. Oh, that's that's great. And so you had, you know, started the planning, obviously, prior to 2021. You've got those first products that are are meeting with with some some good demand right out of the out of the gate. This summer, the whole concept of NIL comes into play. How do you view that impacting your business going forward? Yeah, so we're we view it as a tremendous opportunity for Wildcard and for other similar companies. And we jumped in head first. Uh, the rules changed on July 1st. We signed some players very quickly. So we were actually the first company that I know of to launch or create an NIL trading card. And so we had live uh, trading cards at the national. So again, the rules had changed on, on July 1st. And so in late July, we were at the national with auto autographed cards of uh, Bryce Young and Spencer Rattler, the top two quarterbacks, I think in the NIL category. And, and so we were, we were first again, another wild card first. We did a lot of things first and, 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 and we were first with NIL and um, we've gone on to, you know, sign a, about a hundred, uh, NIL, uh, and football players. So we're, we're going to be shipping, a uh, you know, a, co a collegiate football product here shortly. Um, and we're signing basketball players as well. So we, we think that NIL is a game changer literally for us. And we're very excited to be out there first with, with our product. So we're, we're all in on NIL. You talked about a couple of the collegiate football and basketball products that that you're working on right now. How many products are you planning to put out each year? Yeah, so I mean, we're we're looking at all opportunity that, that can make sense for us. I mean, we're obviously we're gonna we're gonna be very strong in draft football. Some of our products, the NIL and the draft, are, are going to be combined together, uh, say for our basketball product. Um, and then we're also looking at signing, you know, uh, some current guys and some veterans to, to put into those. We've signed Brett Favre to deal with him. We signed Steve Young, Bo Jackson, part of our 30th anniversary product that we have at the National. And we're looking at some other opportunities to kind of mix that in. But, but to answer your question, we're going to be strong. We're going to be uh, in, in basically the three sports for sure, uh, being baseball, football, basketball, for draft in, in, in NIL. That's, that's what we're looking at. Your designs of some of the, the promo packs that were at the national really stood out. You know, the, the quality of the card, the creativeness of the design, they, they really popped. Some people have wondered with a, a small company like yours, that's, that's starting back up. Where do, where do those designs come from? Are those all in-house designs? Do you partner with kind of external parties to, to work on those designs and that type of thing? Or, you know, what's the impetus of, of the designs for, for those products? Sure. So, you know, let's talk about that for a minute. The design and the design ideas primarily come from me 
and my son, Ty. Uh, he has a creative mind. For instance, in our hobby mat product, we, we have a product called a thumbograph. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with the thumbograph, but it's a, it's a, it's a card that has the player's fingerprint and in, in combination with the signature. Okay. So these thumbograph cards are, I mean, one of them, I mean, I don't know if the guy paid, but I saw a Trevor Lawrence one of one thumbograph sold online for $9,200. Wow. Um, so the thumbograph we have a patent pending on. Uh, so that's our idea. We created the thumbograph. Um, the designs, you know, we do have two full-time in-house in-house graphic designers, and we have another firm that we use, and they've had great ideas as well, taking our concepts and bringing them to life. But to be, but to be straight on it, uh, Ty and I are very involved in the graphic design side, in in putting our vision of what we what we 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 came up with the matte concept. Uh, illumination. So Matt, we want to have really clean lines between our brands. Matte is a little bit more high end. It's got a matte finish. Um, but illumination, which is sort of the anti-matte, it's all bright and lit up and, and, and very electric. And so, you know, those are all our ideas as far as matte and illumination. Um, and, and, and to add to that, we continuing to innovate and bring a fresh approach to a lot of things is is our introduction of the chase box which we filed for a trademark on chase box and chase packs or you could call them parallel packs or parallel boxes so in our matt hobby release um random well not randomly but um for instance in the matte black uh it's a it's a it's a good size box that has six mini boxes inside um, and, and so in the matte black, four of those boxes were black, but two of the boxes were red or what we call fire boxes. And all of the cards in the red boxes have a uh, matte red and all the parallels are based on a red design and red look. So the parallel runs deep. And so we introduced the parallel box. Our retail product, which is just hit in, in Walmart, we have our hanger box in matte. We have inside the matte black and the matte white boxes are um, red packs in, in the black boxes and, and blue packs in the white boxes. So approximately one in every 10 boxes, uh, you'll run into a chase pack. And so those are all ideas that Ty and I have come up with as far as these, these things are innovating with the chase. I'm really excited about the chase packs, I'm telling you. Uh, just the initial reaction that I'm seeing on YouTube from breakers or people who who've went out to Walmart and bought our product. They love the chase pack. So we're going to really build on chase pack um, with our illumination. We'll have chase packs in it. So we're, so we've got, again, those ideas are primarily coming from us, chase packs, chase boxes, thumbographs, you know, all these things that we're doing. So that's, that's cool. That's definitely continuing to push the envelope and um, you know, bringing up the game, I guess, for everybody else to, to figure out how they're going to match that. That's, that's pretty cool to see. Now, we had a chance to talk again at the industry summit uh, this week. When you go to a event like that, what are you hoping to get out of it as one of the, the corporate booths? Yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, um, just trying to continue to spread the word about the fact that, number one, we're back. I think at this point, people have been around 
for a while, they, they realize that we're back. And, and certainly in an event like the industry summit, you know, these people pretty much know what's going on. And one of the issues that I'm trying, that we are resolving is, there's a lot of these um, local card shops that are newer and they, when they call up a hobby distributor, in some cases, they get sort of a can to answer. Hey, I'm sorry. We're going to put you on the waiting list. We're not opening up any new accounts. They can't, they're not getting enough product and they're trying to take care of the customers that have been there with them with the last five, 10, 15, 20 years. So as a new local card shop, you have a very difficult task in, in getting product that you need to service your store. And so what we're doing is, is we're working with the distributors and saying, look, we, cause right now all of our hobby product is distributed to the distributors. We don't have any direct accounts. Okay. And, um, but we want to interact with these card shops and say, look, you want you, if you want to carry wildcard in your store, you know, contact us, let me reach out. I've, I've spoken to several of the distributors who say, look, yeah, I mean, we, we, we can't get them other product, but we can get them wildcard. So I'm connecting these local card shops with our distributors in an instance where they would have normally just gotten a canned answer, get on the way, unless we're sorry, we don't have time. We don't have that because they're overwhelmed. The distributors are overwhelmed with requests. So I'll reach out to the distributor and say, Hey, I got this card shop in Michigan and he just opened up three months ago or six months ago. He can't, but he wants to carry wildcard and they're, and so we're connecting them with the distributors to make sure that they can get wildcard in their stores. So that's, that's really, that's one of the reasons why we're there. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great to hear. And I'm sure those shops appreciate it. That is one of the hot topics that was discussed at any of the LCS breakout sessions was the ability to get product. So that's cool that you guys are kind of trying to go the extra mile there. Well, what are some of the upcoming releases that you want to make sure people are aware of and, and can keep an eye out in the, in the stores? Yeah. So um, really, you know, we're at the industry summit, we were, primarily focused on our new illumination brand. And so we've got a great hobby release uh, coming up in the next few weeks. Um, it's going to be a great product. Uh, four autos in a box, uh, very heavy parallel driven product as well. So just illumination is coming up around the corner. Um, and behind that will be the NIL product release. Um, that's going to kind of primarily round us out you know, here going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, and then beyond that, it's, you know, we're going to be shipping a basketball product in January and, and, and a baseball product in, in February. So, and then we'll be right back to 2022 football draft. And so, you know, uh, we're getting an overwhelming response on the elimination product. People love it. And so we're very excited about it. So keep an eye on, up, you know, on that for the elimination, then the NIL, which is going to be the NIL is going to be in the elimination under the uh, brand. So it's going to have that same kind of look to it for the collegiate football product. So very nice. And then where should people go if they want to follow you and pay attention to, to what's going on for wildcard? Yeah. So, you know, uh, Instagram seems to be sort of our hot spot. Um, uh, so it's wildcard is back on Instagram and also on Twitter. It's wildcard is back on Twitter. Uh, so those are, and we do have a Facebook, page but basically i would say instagram wildcard is back uh, to stay up to date well thanks for joining me today daniel 
Hey, no problem. I really appreciate your time as well. The Sports Card Shop is your small-town local card shop with the global reach. Located in New Buffalo, Michigan, the shop is one of the most accessible in the Midwest. In addition to being an authorized Panini Direct Dealer, the Sports Card Shop carries all major trading card brands, including Topps, Upper Deck, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. With all that new wax, a half million singles, and showcases full of graded cards, you're sure to find something great for your collection, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned collector. The Sports Card Shop is your one-stop shop. So call us, come see us, or visit us on the web and social media. Our phone number is 269-469-0140. Website is thesportscardshop at moco.com. The Sports Card Shop is part of the MoCo Retail Group, connecting sports, the hobby, and people around the world. So Wild Card is back. Thanks again to Daniel for coming on and having a conversation about the relaunch of the brand. As part of that, to celebrate Wild Card is back, I'm going to do another giveaway, and this time it's going to be Wild Card focused. When I was at the Industry Summit, I was lucky enough to be able to get a preview box of the Illumination product that Daniel just talked about. And the autograph that I pulled was a Bryce Young autograph, number one of two. And I am going to give away that product to one of our listeners and followers on Twitter. And so to enter, go to Twitter, go to the pinned tweet that I've got up there right now. And all you have to do is follow and retweet to win. And since this is a little bit bigger of a card, I'm going to let the contest run a little bit longer. And I'm going to pick the winner on Sunday, October 10th. So go to Twitter, check out the pinned tweet, retweet, and make sure you're following and that'll be your chance to win the Bryce Young autograph number one of two. Well, that's all I've got for you today, so I'll catch you next time.